Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Two Fit Podcast, hosted by the Two Fit guys, Jake and Josh. Now, Two Fit, by definition, is actively pursuing a state of health and well being beyond perceived limitations. So, if you're looking to push the boundaries of performance mentally, physically, and everywhere in between, then you have come to the right place. On the Two Fit Podcast, we will be interviewing and having fireside chats with renowned experts from doctors and strength and conditioning coaches to athletes and entrepreneurs. Our goal is to extract tools and tricks of the trade that you can implement, whether you're a world-class athlete, weekend warrior, entrepreneur, or grinding out the eight to five, all in order to assist you on your journey to becoming Two Fit. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of the Two Fit Podcast. And today we're sitting in with Shaheen Nagavi. He's the owner of CrossFit Edo, Texas Strength. He's a real estate mogul. And we're here in his empire, which is Madison Fine Properties. Did I say that right? Is it Madison Fine? You are correct. All right. Uh, he's a chronic entrepreneur. And we're here today just to deconstruct, in his own words, the poorest rich man that you will ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> so Shaheen, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show. <clears throat> so let's just give give people a little bit of background on yourself, uh, just a bit of your CV, maybe start from your your beginnings, um, where, where you're from, and then maybe just from college on. Yeah, great. So from Houston, uh, went to Texas A&M, got an industrial distribution degree in end of 2005. Whoop. Whoop. Worked in uh, California a little bit afterwards and then came back into Houston and had an opportunity to get into, uh, into real estate. From there, once you get into the real world outside of college, you figure out that you're working a lot and end up not having time to necessarily work out. So I got out of shape really, <laughs> really fast. Uh, going from college, living with um, uh, a lot of the football players to getting into the real world and just getting kind of a, a business mindset and, and a little bit changing up the priorities of not spending three hours at the rec center every day Yeah, uh, catches up to you pretty quickly. So you lived with guys on the football team then? Yeah, I did. I didn't play football, but I got a lot of the perks that football players did, uh, especially <laughs> what, when... What, what does that include? <laughs> well, <laughs> um <laughs> Was, you know, some of my best friends are, are former football players at AM and we, uh, you know, you'd go out and have fun and meet different people and right. being a taller guy is in pretty impeccable shape back then. Uh, it was easy to pass off as a football player. Not that I did that, but it was easy sure. for people to, to, to assume so. Did yeah. you order your own jersey and everything too? <laughs> yeah, it's hanging in my office. Yeah. What, what position did you play? <laughs> Depends on who was asking. Right. <laughs> Nice. So, Shaheen, after, after A&M, you, you moved to Houston, back to Houston. Yeah, I moved to Houston, got into, uh, real estate. I was a, uh, associate and really much just did a lot of grunt work for the partners. Um, was able to get a lot of experience that I would not have been able to receive, uh, maybe at like a larger firm working at a boutique firm and, uh, became a kind of a jack of all trades. Um, from there, slowly gained a little bit more experience, gained a little bit more equity, and and started a, the brokerage, which is uh, Madison Fine Properties. 
focused on pri- primarily residential real estate, but we also do some commercial and uh, it's all relationship based, similar to CrossFit in a way. And it's a lot of fun. Now, speaking of CrossFit, you created and operate what many would consider not only the largest CrossFit box, but probably one of the most successful boxes out there. And when, when did that come about? Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I, my, my partner and I, uh, Bo Shulgin, we actually, neither of us actually entered another CrossFit gym before we opened up Edo. Oh, wow. Um, he was doing workouts at the YMCA. Um, I was doing workouts with, uh, a, a gentleman named Kate Stewart who owns a CrossFit gym in Katy, Texas, uh, in a parking lot. And, uh, we, both of us had some, you know, got the, got the CrossFit bug of, of dying after each workout and, and, uh, Bo and I ran into each other one day and decided to start working out together. We started inviting friends to show up, work out with us. And within a month, we had a, a handful of, of people coming every day and sweating along side, alongside each other. And we said, we should maybe go get certified and, and maybe treat this a little bit more professionally. And, and we did that within the first year. We grew extremely quickly. Um, so this was you guys in a parking lot. Is it, uh, by, by when, when we got together, we uh-huh. took down a, about a 1500 square foot space. Okay. 1500, 2000 square foot space that we grew into about 4,000 square feet in the first, uh, four or five months. And, so uh, you had the CrossFit name you're affiliated. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. At that point. Yes. Okay. And, uh, uh, shortly thereafter, we outgrew our 4,000 square foot space and we took a risk of, Either expanding out another couple thousand square feet with where the, where we were or taking, um, a leap of faith and going into our current building, which is 30,000 square feet. And it was literally, we we're either going to sink or swim. Yeah. Um, it was a strong financial <clears throat> commitment as, as well as a, uh, um, a personal time commitment as well. And, uh, we, we kind of figured from day one, it's always been what would we want? at a CrossFit playground. So we were very, we do a very poor job of looking at budgets and it was more so, man, I, I really feel like we should be, able, I really feel like we should get another set of dumbbells. Or if we see an athlete waiting for equipment, we would say, okay, let's just go get it. We'll figure out how to pay for it later. Um, so it was, it was a very strong organic growth. Um, and so it's kind of, kind of allowed us to, Kind of allowed us to take some chances that maybe a more sophisticated owner, um, who was more budget conscious may not have done. So our ignorance was probably our biggest, uh, our biggest benefit going into owning a CrossFit gym. So what would be your advice to people who, cause I'm sure there's a lot of CrossFit owners out there right now who are in that same kind of situation. Do I expand or not? Do I go ahead and take this hit now to see if it pays off later? And there's probably a lot of other, you know, business opportunities just like that, not only in the CrossFit realm. So what would be your advice to people who are kind of in that same situation that you were in? Do I take that risk or not? I think if someone's asking themselves, do I take that risk or not? I think they know the answer. Right. Uh, if you're hesitant, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. If you're confident, then go for it. So I see that question asked actually a lot on different uh affiliate forums or CrossFit forums. I'm thinking about expanding a space. Here's my rent or here's how many members I have. What should we do? And 
I always see the different feedback on there. And sometimes I chime in and sometimes I don't. But the reality is you're not in, you're not running across the box because you're looking to retire. You're running across the box because you're there for the benefit of the community. So deep down, if your gut's telling you, hey, we need to expand, then go for it. Mm-hmm. If your gut's telling you don't do it, then hey, don't do it. You, you've reached that point because you've gone with your gut. I would just say stick with that. Do you feel like you, you said something there that made me think of this question? Do you feel like some of that diluted the CrossFit brand a little bit that the, the barrier of entry was low and so the risk was low and, hey, I can get in and make a lot of money because I'm going to capitalize on the brand that's being built? And, and they got in to make the money looking at it almost like a passive income stream versus, like you said, you're doing this for the community. I think people will quickly realize if they're a good fit for owning a box or not. And if they're in it for the financial reasons, they're going to quickly realize that there are not, there isn't very much financial incentive to be in, in as an owner of a CrossFit box. Yes, you can make money. When you look at value of time versus value of money, you know, for some people it's worth it, for some people it's not, for some people it's a passion project, for some people it's their goal of trying to become um, a wealthy individual. Uh, but I think the reality is that at the end of the day, if you're in it for the right reasons, you're going to succeed. And if you're not, you'll pan out and you'll, you'll flame out. Yeah, this is more a labor of love. Man, it is thing. definitely a labor of love. Yeah. I don't think there are many CrossFit owners out there that, that do not have some sort of, some sort of primary or secondary income. And you don't see very many CrossFit owners driving around in a brand new Porsche. Right. So, mm-hmm. You see a lot of people who tend to say, well, if I get 100 members and they're paying me $150 a month, I'm going to be rich and I can quit my job and I can do this and that. And, and the reality is that as you grow, you've got more expenses and you need more equipment. And you need more um, quality coaches and programs come into play. And it's a, a stronger time commitment for yourself. So it's not about the money. If it is, then you're, you're probably not going to last very long. What attributed to that initial growth in that that year? You said you grew really quickly. I know you're inviting friends. I know there's gym owners we've spoken to. They're always everybody's looking to get membership up, right? What attributed to that initial growth in the first year, two, three years? Um, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, both. Uh, my partner and I both have a really strong uh, social network in Houston, um, and, and consequently in College Station. So a lot of people graduate from College Station, come to Houston, and, and, that, and that kind of grew. Um, that's, a, that's a big aspect of it. It's I'm inviting a friend who's going to invite a friend who's going to invite a friend. And, and CrossFit's a very social, a social, very social setting. It's a bar without the alcohol. You know, it's an after work setting where people, or, or before work, will come in and hang out and eventually get a workout in and then hang out some more with friends. Um, another thing that I think really helped out was I when I first started CrossFit, I was – I was one bad weekend of binge eating and drinking away from hitting almost 300 pounds. <laughs> I was 283 pounds or so and pretty meaty. Um, I was really out of shape. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I documented everything on, on social media, on Facebook. And, and when I started that CrossFit journey, it was, a, it was, I'm in, I'm in for good. Um, and so people saw people on social media definitely saw 
me go from 280 all the way down to uh, to 220, and then and then growing back up from there, and evening out with some healthy weight, and maybe maybe now not so healthy weight. Uh, but uh, I think that that personal note, personal journey that I went through, I think a lot of people saw that, and, and then of course, like I said, the the, the uh, community that we had in Houston initially helped out quite a bit. Uh, also, uh, at the time where we opened ours four years ago, four and a half years ago, uh, there wasn't as many CrossFit gyms out there. So um, we opened up and we went into, within the first six months, we got into a 4,000 square foot space. That's a really large space for a CrossFit gym back then. And that's still a pretty decent sized CrossFit gym today. So we, we've always been pushing the barrier and pedal to the metal, trying to see what we, what we can do. And worst case scenario, we fail and we we downsize and we try something different. Yeah, you you obviously you're a business savvy guy, and you've done a lot of things here to to diversify yourself, build your brand. I mean, you have the the Edo Yoga. Now you have Texas Strength. All in addition to CrossFit Edo, you're bringing in people from the community who aren't wanting to do necessarily CrossFit, but having these six-week boot camps, you're getting people in your gym that way. So what do you see coming down the pipe with CrossFit in the future of that? And is does that have anything to do with how you're diversifying yourself now? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a really good question. The reality is that the cro- CrossFit has evolved, and it's a, it's a continued evolution. It went from... One person with maybe a friend in a garage working out to affiliates opening up small spaces, to affiliates opening up larger spaces, to affiliates opening up humongous spaces, similar to us. I think what's naturally going to happen is affiliates going from super large spaces to medium-sized spaces to smaller spaces back to a garage. Now, whether that happens in an actual location or that happens based on creating a different community or evolving your community, uh, I think that's where you're going to see it. And so what I mean by that is we've got a very large space, 30,000 square feet. But within that space, it's not just our CrossFit community. It's our CrossFit Edo class. It's our CrossFit boot camp class. Mm-hmm. It's our CrossFit barbell class. It's our CrossFit competitors class. It's our CrossFit yoga class. So what we're doing is we're creating different communities within our overall community. We're calling it CrossFit, but in reality, it's it's fitness. If you take the word cross out of it and just put Edo, it's Edo fitness or XYZ fitness. And we're crossing through different different. Uh, uh, workout regimes that all were separately together, all were at one point separate and now they're together. So if you take CrossFit by itself, CrossFit's essentially boot camp exercises with Olympic, Olympic weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Separate them and you've got a boot camp class. Separate that and you've got a weightlifting class. So create opportunities and avenues for athletes to, to do not just one specific class. And you'll keep them for a while. Which will be great for people that maybe come in and they are intimidated by all the barbells and stuff, right? The, the approach to just the boot camp style class to say kettlebells and body weight, it's going to be a lot more approachable. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal is to get someone off the couch and inside your gym to get fit, 
right? I said it earlier. We're not, the reality is we're not here to make money. Like it'd be great. Yes. It'd be great to make money and retire and live on a beach somewhere, but, but it's, it's not going to happen. We're here to help grow a community. We joke around with uh, people in town in this neighborhood and it's Edo CrossFit Edo is the neighborhood community center. Like if you want to go meet somebody, you go to CrossFit Edo. Like there's a pretty good solid chance that one of your neighbors or three of your Facebook friends probably go to CrossFit Edo. Wow. You know, if you go to a restaurant or bar within a five mile radius, there's a really good chance that at least two or three people in that place go to CrossFit Edo. Um, so it's all about building that community and whether it's through different programs within the community or not, uh, that's, that's the game plan. So we're, we're more of Edo fitness than just strictly CrossFit brand, I guess you could say. But even our boot camp classes, we include barbell. Now it might not be at extreme heavy weight. You know, it's not about ripping our hands up and PRing every single time. But it's about getting people into a fit condition and, and letting them experiment new things and keeping it fun and active. Now, what? Oh, sorry. Uh, what, what is the primary reason that you would see gyms going from this evolutionary scale from super large to large back to medium, kind of scaling down? What's the primary reason you would see for that? I mean, I know that there's a lot large saturation of gyms that have popped up all over the place in the last three years, and you're starting to see some of those. Uh, kind of the only the strong survive type setting. But why do you see it over however long it takes of it going down? I think it's a natural life cycle, right? If you look at a, a life cycle, a baby is born and then comes a toddler, becomes a teenager, becomes a, a young adult, comes an adult, comes um, elderly. And then essentially the, the, the life cycle just kind of returns. Um, it all it, It's all because, in my opinion – when these new CrossFit boxes are opening, they're trying to figure out how can I be better than the one near me? And at times people assume if I'm bigger, I'm better. It's not necessarily the case. Now, CrossFit Edo is the best CrossFit gym in Texas, hands down, right? Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the best fit for every athlete. And it all comes down to having a strong community and making sure that athlete fits really well with that community. So we make an effort to diversify our different programs so that we can try to maintain that intimate relationship with our different, with our different athletes and the different coaches that are leading the different programs or directors of programs are essentially owners of that program. And they're cultivating that relationship and they're building that relationship. And we know everybody's names and we know what they're doing. We know what they do and how their weekend is going. Uh, so what I think is what, what I could see happening is if a box owner isn't taking the right steps to do that within a larger CrossFit frame, CrossFit box, they're going to start seeing member retention diminish, which means if you had a smaller box, then you can be more involved with your athletes and so on and so forth. As a, a quote unquote OG CrossFit owner, um, <clears throat> I'd be interested to hear your opinion on how has the sport of CrossFit affected the local box? Um, it's definitely provided a spotlight to the sport in general. Mm -hmm. So five years ago when I got into CrossFit, it was I'd meet somebody at uh, an outing and I would say, I do CrossFit. Have you heard of that? 
And honestly, 56 percent of the time, 50 or 60 percent of the time, the answer was no. What is that? And I have to explain CrossFit. Now you're sitting on your sitting on your couch watching Netflix and they're showing people working out in a CrossFit gym. If you're wearing a CrossFit shirt at a bar or a restaurant, people know what CrossFit is. Um, so having CrossFit HQ working through Reebok and ESPN and the CrossFit games and, and everything that they've done has really helped make the word CrossFit and the fitness, the fitness, um, uh, module become mainstream mm-hmm. and almost to a point it's a, a it's sexy if you crossfit that's pretty sexy so uh, that's been a really big benefit and, and i think i think uh we owe the world to uh to hq for everything they've done for us i don't know if that answered your question no that's perfect yeah <clears throat> those uh those guys and, and gals out there they make it look pretty sexy it doesn't <laughs> always feel that way <clears throat> that's for sure well we we do a we as CrossFit owners um, need to make more of a conscious effort to when we post photos. It's not about photos of the sexiest person with yeah. with the six pack the or turtle shell abs, you know, yeah. right? It's 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 about the the average Joe and Jane that walk in the gym and lose two inches or or builds their confidence out of a relationship that they they weren't comfortable in, or you know, it's an outlet. Do you feel like on that note, do you feel like some of the portrayal of like the gladiator type, you know, looking bodies out there that, that people may just only see CrossFit on ESPN, right? Every summer. And they think to themselves, Oh my God, these are professional athletes. I can't, I'm not going to even go to a gym because I mean, look, I can't do that. Do you ever hear that? And then what would your advice be to our listeners out there that maybe thought about trying CrossFit or thought, gee, I, I just can't do that. I mean, look at the people. Definitely something we see, and, and it's and it's a big reason why we have different programs um, similar to boot camp. Boot camp that we run is basically a CrossFit but with a different name, um, and we and we don't stress heavy heavy weights. We don't even stress heavy weights in general in the CrossFit box. That's not our philosophy. It's about moving proper weight, moving weight in the proper form. When you've got uh, that intimidation factor, it's on us box owners to make that effort to photo and post on Instagram and Facebook of our normal athletes and the success stories that they're having. Um, just like anything else, it's the hardest part is just stepping foot into the gym. And, and when I work with any of our new members, I honestly will tell them that I'm blown away that they have the confidence to walk into a CrossFit gym because that's the hardest part. Before I started CrossFitting, I mentioned earlier, I never crossed another box before. Now I drove up to some and I would sit out there in the parking lot and look in. And at one time I had the courage to walk into one and ask, ask for information and I left. But other than that, I never went into a CrossFit gym. I was intimidated. And so I have that in the back of my head that our goal is to be the friendliest CrossFit gym in Texas, not the strongest. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have that kind of mantra, then, then, uh, then hopefully you can attract people who may be intimidated to come in and try it out. I just want to go back to this this innovation that you have, all these different programs that you're running, all the different uh, platforms where you're bringing people in. You don't see that in other CrossFit gyms. You don't see that even in the commercial gym space or anywhere, really. So where does that innovation and creativity come from? What's that process look like for you? When you where do these ideas come from? Is this you and Bo talking? Um, just something you wake up in the middle of the night. I know we have 
product ideas all the time or video ideas, whatever it might be, is that just something spontaneous or is there, there more of a process to it? Uh, I think that uh, collectively as a team, our team at Edo c- is constantly trying to be as innovative as possible. How can we grow the box? Mm-hmm. What can we provide for our athletes? And we also listen to our athletes quite a bit, whether that's through surveys or just one-on-one personal conversations with athletes. You hear a lot. And if you listen, then you'll understand where are you in your box? How is your box performing? Are you doing enough for your members? And I mentioned earlier, we've always thought we want to treat CrossFit either like a CrossFit candy land or playground. What would I want as an athlete? You know, our boot camp program evolved kind of because I really wanted to focus more on endurance CrossFit versus, you know, strength biased. You know, if I want that, then maybe some other athletes want that. Um, we're thinking about adding a gymnastics program, like a six week gymnastics program. Why? Well, there's a few of us who can't get muscle ups consistently. You know, there's a few of us who can't do handstand walks consistently. So, you know, you hear this, you hear this from your, from your uh, athletes, from your members and, and we're from the mindset of execute. Right. Okay. We have an idea, set a date, execute. If it doesn't work out. At least you tried. So it, it seems like kind of a common theme here, and you touched on the beginning discussing uh, when you got into real estate after college, is this relationships building, you know? And uh, like, from where does that stem? Is that something you you garnered from your parents? You, you saw them do? Because it, it's clear, not only in your real estate business, but also in your CrossFit mantra, you know, how you build the box and, and how you interact with your members, is that it's it's truly is relationship driven yeah the man i'm not really sure where it stemmed from um personally but it might come from the fact that i was a fat guy getting into crossfit who was super intimidated (laughs) you know i mean i needed that support system around me to kind of help motivate me and push me and let me help me get through the struggles and and uh I didn't come in owning a CrossFit gym because I was a badass games or regional athlete or best person in the box. Um, I think that allows me to be a little bit more humble about what we're trying to do and who we're bringing into the box. And um, I think every box owner will also say that they get an athlete once a month or once a quarter or once a year who will send them a message, write them a note and give them a personal story about how their program has changed their life. And that's a constant, constant reminder of why we're doing this. When you hear that someone was in a abusive relationship and CrossFit gave them the confidence to get out of that and to grow. I mean, man, that, that tugs at your heart and that tells you this is why we're doing it all the way to someone who lost weight for the first time or, ran 400 meters for the first time in their lives, you know, that's, I think those are constant reminders of why we get, why we do the grind of every day of opening the box and running programs and, and, uh, and doing what we do. Let's talk a little bit about, um, Texas strength right next door. So give me, give me the rundown on that. Cause I, I think, and I, and we talked about this a little earlier, kind of off, off mic, off the record, but 
that is kind of where you see the the future of CrossFit going to an extent. I mean, there's more people who get into CrossFit initially. Now they're competing in the weightlifting space, powerlifting. They're not exactly going and running Ironmans or marathons yeah. or anything. The, the, the weights of the games are going up. So I think the sports influenced CrossFit at the local level to, to that to an extent. So... Yeah, give me the rundown on on Texas Strength and how that came about and where what are your plans with it? So that's my secret. <laughs> my my passion project is Texas Strength. Um, so I'll let the cat out of the bag. Sorry, um, we, can, we can edit this out. Texas Strength. <laughs> we can take it back. No, it's good. So Texas Strength is um, a twenty four hour access space that members get a key fob to. They can come in anytime they want. There isn't uh, active coaching. Um, it's, it's strictly Olympic lifting and, and to a certain extent, power lifting space. So we've got seven platforms. We're fully stocked with all of Laco bars, plates. Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, I thought you were like sponsored by Alico when I was yeah. in it first. <laughs> yeah. like, Good grief. Um, it's, 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 like I said, it was a, it's a passion project that, uh, that I hope motivates other spaces to open up similarly to it. Um, I think weightlifting is a sport that has been obviously resurrected by CrossFit. Um, and I think it's a sport that can explode. What we're starting to see is CrossFitters who do weightlifting are now becoming weightlifters who sometimes do CrossFit. And if you have one or two people in your box that are doing that, and you're not taking the steps, the steps to nurture and support and grow that, then you're doing yourself as a box owner a disservice, and you're also doing your athlete or athletes a disservice. Currently, most CrossFit gyms, including us to a certain extent, don't necessarily have enough floor space or budget to designate to, towards a barbell program or a weightlifting program. But if you give it, its, give it, give it the attention it needs, provide a designated space form, I promise you, you will see a benefit out of it. And that might be an athlete who might have thought about leave the box because he's getting kind of bored of CrossFit. And he's interested in weightlifting now or a weightlifter who understands, man, this is really great. They see that I'm passionate about this. I'm really proud about this and they'll help grow it. But the goal with Texas Strength is to provide a designated space for weightlifters to be around weightlifters and to not be playing second fiddle in a CrossFit box like some some boxes do. And I'm confident that if you provide a designated space for them, they can grow the sport within themselves. Now, it's a shame we're in Houston and we're considered the third or fourth largest city in the nation. And we don't have a weightlifting presence that a lot of smaller cities and a lot of smaller states have. And it's a mission of mine to help grow that. So if you're listening to me, (laughs) open up a weightlifting center, open up an area and give it to your barbell people or give it to your weightlifter and help grow that. It's a sport that needs people to get involved and needs some attention from people. And I think if you do it, you will see the benefit of it. We see it. Hopefully you guys can try it out. And worst case scenario, you end up with. A little bit of uh, a little bit of nicer equipment, and uh, uh, you can say that you tried it and it, and it didn't work out. But unless you do, you don't know if it's gonna what's gonna happen. So, uh, TexasStrength.com, go buy a T-shirt if you want. They're pretty cool. Um, if you have any questions about how we run it or 
the business model behind it, just send me a message. Uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's a passion project. So I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of things that I could probably share with, uh, with box owners, uh, what to do and maybe what not to do on that. It's definitely a, a growing trend that we've seen because we're going to all these boxes now, kind of sharing our message and, and there's a lot of CrossFit boxes now that have like a separate or a back room specifically for platforms and, and weightlifting. So that's cool to see. But I do want to pose this question to you, Anna. When I heard you talking there, you say it's, it's not supervised though. So do you worry about that at all? People snatching and, and cleaning and everything without, without supervision? Well, it's, so let me back up. We don't have active coaching there, but we, we do have it staffed certain hours during the day. Um, you should see the consent form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's 18 I mean, pages. People are doing this in the garage anyway. That's, but, you know, I just want to pose that to you. Yeah. No, a- absolutely. It, it is something to be considered, considered cons- conscious of. Right. Uh, we've got cameras in there and, and, and I'm not really worried about theft at all. But in regards to okay. someone getting injured, it, it's not really much different than having maybe a 24 hour fitness. Yeah. Um, it's a space that, anyone who comes into is going to be on the more experienced side of, of weightlifting. Um, and we, we do somewhat of a vetting process with the people who, who do join it. So it's not a, it's not a free for all come in, come out. Um, anyone kind of can do it. it. There is some sort of vetting process to make sure that they're comfortable with the movement. And if they're not, we always say, Hey, go to CrossFit, Edo, do CrossFit first. Let that be your foundation. And when you're comfortable, come on over to Texas Strength as a supplement and eventually maybe something that uh, they get really passionate about. But the way to look at weightlifting is view it as a sport of golf. It's a team sport, but in reality, it's very individualized. Each golfer has their own technique, has their own coach, has their own caddy, but they might be part of a total team. Similarly, in weightlifting, and, and why I think a designated area is necessary for weightlifters, is a weightlifting athlete might be part of Team Texas Strength, but they might have a coach that's in Austin who's programming for them and who's watching them and who's giving feedback, or a coach in the Ukraine, or a coach in uh, uh, Colorado or California. Mm-hmm. So it's a very individualized sport. A that needs to get the attention it deserves. And I would challenge every CrossFit box owner to, uh, to take that risk. Does the golfer have anything to say on that? No, I definitely agree. It's true. Um, I mean, playing on teams and, and outside of teams. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an individualized approach, but Shaheen kind of shifting away from, from the CrossFit weightlifting uh, topic, Let's get into a little bit of your, your kind of entrepreneurial, you know, uh, goals and achievements. And so what's kind of on the horizon? You're still building the real estate company. Uh, that's kind of an ever-growing project. But what would you say to maybe right now a college student, you know, graduating, doesn't know what he wants to do? We hear this a lot. You know, we're in a, in a, in a college town and a lot of people around our gym are graduating and whatnot, kind of coming and going, very transient. And a lot of them graduate, don't know what to do. Or maybe they're 40 years old, don't don't know what to do. Um, were, were your parents entrepreneurs? Uh, yes. 
my father was an entrepreneur and, and I think that has a lot to do with it. it. It's a, it's definitely a different mindset for people. And I think a lot of it has to do based on, on, uh, t- risk tolerance or tolerance of risk. My older sister is a successful attorney. She lives in California. Um, she's done quite a bit of stuff that most people haven't done when at, at her age. And her tolerance of risk is very different than mine. Um, I always challenge her to be a little more risky and she challenges me to be a little bit more less risky. Uh, so I think a lot of it has to do with, with that mindset um, of taking the risk and worst case scenario, what's going to happen. That being said, if someone's graduating from college and they're saying, you know, I don't know what to do. You're going to figure it out really quickly once you get into that job, the first or second job that you've been doing and you realize, hey, this isn't really a good fit for me. And you start eliminating, why is this not a good fit for me? Is it I'm not passionate about this? Is it the time constraints? What is it? And then I think naturally something's going to come up where you're going to say to yourself, it'd be really awesome if blank. And the difference between me and the difference between that person is I'm going to go do it. I hear people say, well, you're lucky because you've had the foundation and you've got some some capital where you can take that risk. Well, there was a time I didn't have that capital. The reality is, and you guys could probably test this, it's not about the capital. It's about the passion that you have for it. If you have the passion for it, other people will see the passion and other people will invest not just in the product, but in the people. So what I tell people is, If you've got a great idea and you love it, prove to me or prove to the people around you that it is a great idea and that you do love it and that it's going to be your life. Because at that point, raising capital is the easiest part of it. It's it's finding what you want and taking that direction and taking the leap of faith is is the the hardest part. Yeah, exactly. Just find a way to make it happen. That's it. And I think... There's so many people, it's like, I just think of my mother who is just very worrisome, not a risk taker at all. And so I don't know where I got it from. Or maybe I think me and Josh have talked about this before. We're just a little overconfident in ourselves, I think, sometimes. That can get us in trouble. But, I mean, I think that's that's what you, in order to even take that thought that you initially have, that what if, and even create a reality from it, you have to have that confidence and that risk doesn't even seem like a risk to you. You know, it's just like, this is what I, what I'm going to do. You know, it's not even a question really. When I opened, uh, before I opened Texas strength, literally every single person I spoke to said, don't do it. You're going to lose money. This is coming from weightlifting coaches around the country to different CrossFit box owners to you name it. They were, they, the feedback was you're not going to be able to survive because you need some sort of CrossFit component to piggyback on it. There's no money in weightlifting. That might be true, but I've taken a leap of faith. I'm super passionate about it. I know that it's going to work out. And honestly, my school of thought is worst case scenario, if it doesn't, what am I out? Mm -hmm. Money? Great. What does a graduate program cost? Too much. <laughs> if I went to Texas A&M or if I went to another school, Rice University down the street, and I wanted to enroll into a graduate program, 
for two years, what does that cost? Texas Strength is my current sports graduate program. (laughs) No one's done something like this that I know of. So I feel like I'm learning every step of the way. I've started and failed at quite a few different businesses, but every single one has been an extreme learning experience. Mm -hmm. The more you've done, the more experience you have, the more you know what not to do. So that's what I've learned. Treat it like a treat it like a graduate school program. Yeah, there are two types of ways to uh, kind of pay your dues financially, if you will, in business. That's stupid tax and tuition. You know, <laughs> businesses that fail, and then when, when you're when you're an idiot, sometimes they just make the wrong call. I mean, man, I've spent so much money on stuff that is just out of the blue, and and time on different ideas and starting different programs that that I look back and what I, the way I do now, the way I think the way I start a business now is super efficient. I know exactly what to do, Mm -hmm. but I would not have known how to do that had I not started in quote unquote closed or failed at different industries or different businesses all the way from a tech startup to a text message marketing company to, to the CrossFit and weightlifting and yoga studio and all this other stuff. I'm kind of excited to see what happens in the future. Maybe it'll be a, maybe it'll be a dog park that, that my, uh, oh, Millie can yeah. play around. Yeah. If you guys, uh, if you guys get a chance and go to Texas Strength's Instagram page, you'll see the mascot of Texas Strength, Millie, the love of my life. Throwing some weight around. Throwing some weight around. She's on, she's on the wall in a mural format. So if you're a dog lover, I think you'll appreciate it. Now, even in our short lifespan of our company, we can already look back on some of the things that we threw money at at the beginning, even like our, our marketing and our uh, our logos. You should have seen our first caricatures. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were so proud of them at the time. Yep. But looking back, it's just like, were we really going to roll with those, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, people told us the same thing. It's like, um, son, I don't know if you know this, but the supplement world, it's pretty saturated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are doing it for the right reasons. Well, our, our motto has always been, and, and probably much like yours, is I've just always believed that there's always room for the best blank. It doesn't matter what it is. Just fill it in. And if you have the passion and the mindset and the work, whatever you do, if it's the best, people, people will attach to it. I, I tell everybody – that asks about you guys. <laughs> I'm like, these guys believe in what they're doing, right? It's a, it's very clear to me that you guys know what you're doing and you believe, well, I don't know if you know what you're doing, but you truly believe in what you're doing. And that's all that matters. Fake it till you make it, Shane. <laughs> that's it. I'm still trying to fake it till I make it. Don't tell anybody that. But the reality is you guys are doing it, right? So um, I'm looking forward to the podcast where you guys tell me how to do stuff. That's the reality of it. Yeah, I'm really happy for you guys. I'm pretty excited to see what I'm pretty excited to see how you guys take things and and uh, and uh, what you guys do next. You know, so it's pretty neat. Appreciate yep. it. it. Means yep. a lot. Yeah. So, well, let's dive into more more about Shaheen. Okay. G- give me give me a day today, a day in the life. Wake up around noon. <laughs> I don't buy that. Eat a water burger. <laughs> Uh, Don't buy that either. Yeah, no. So it's uh, 
it's, it's um, a 5 a.m. jog and then <laughs> no I wish um, sometimes I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I, my brain's just blowing and going and I'm just working work you know throwing out ideas and trying to execute or, or answer to emails or a lot of times I'm waking up like the average guy at 8 o'clock and getting to the office at 9 um, but my day doesn't end at 5 you know my, my second day basically starts at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock and that's you know, real estate during the morning and afternoon and then in the evening time, it's the, it's the fitness world that comes into play. And they both, they both, uh, uh, blend, they blend into each other at times, but I try really hard to focus time as necessary and appropriately and designate time for that. So, um, it's challenging because I, I don't get home until nine o'clock on most nights and, when I get home, it's trying to catch up on different work and different stuff. And my girlfriend hates me because I'm on, I'm almost always on my phone and that's, you know, answering emails or making a Facebook post for social media or, um, you know, maybe doing some sort of programming or real estate aspects. So it's, it's literally a 24 seven job, um, that, that can be challenging and you can burn yourself out. And I tend to burn myself quite a bit, burn myself out quite a bit. And as I get older, I learn how to maybe become a better manager and to, to delegate more responsibilities to, to people. I have a, a very poor, sh- I have, I do a very poor job of delegation because I know that my way will work. Um, so it's been a, it's been a really, really, um, eye opening experience for me to trust other people around me to, to uh, to do what they're really good at. And that's one of the biggest things that I've gained at owning CrossFit, Edo, is trusting people that they know what they're doing, they know how to do it, their opinion matters, and uh, that helps me to be, have a better balanced life. But if I'm, in, if I'm in startup mode and I'm starting up a new company, you don't even try to reach out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like... Full throttle. Yeah, I'm full <laughs> throttle. I'm, I'm considered an extremist, I guess I've been told. Like if he's into it, he's going to be into it for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, that's just the way it is. My brain's just wired that way. Yeah. Well, what are what are some other precautions besides working on the delegation aspect? What are some other precautions that you've taken to basically manage your your companies and not have it manage you? Yeah, and this is actually a really good question. It's something that I've just recently, over the last twelve months, have have done a better job with. I'm making an effort to understand what my strongest qualities are and what I bring to the team. And when I identify that and identify what my other teammates bring to the team, it's growing them and providing resources for them and just allow me to complement what they're doing. The only way I can do what I'm doing is by trusting other people around me. And that's take, like I said, that's taken a while to to happen. I think one of the biggest failures for an owner, whether it's CrossFit or any kind of business is having systems in place. Most of us don't have systems in place because we have a great idea and we start off and we try to do everything ourselves. And next thing we know, we need to hire somebody or add a teammate and, they kind of do some stuff and you guys kind of do some stuff. And it's really about creating the systems. Give you an, give you an example. If you email CrossFit Edo 
you better get a response back within 60 minutes. If we're not answering an email within the hour, we're doing something wrong. Same thing with our Facebook. If you reach out to us, I want it responded by 30 to 60 minutes. So constantly people are supposed to be looking at that. Same thing with our, our real estate. If someone reaches out, you're going to get an immediate response. Like that's one of our, that's one of our policies in place. Um, we've made efforts to grow our coaching. We have across the video, we've got, uh, coaching programs, training programs. Our coaches go into constantly learning. We have someone that's in charge of that. We've got someone who's in charge of the different bootcamp program, the comp program, our barbell program, our, our CrossFit program, our yoga program. We've got someone in charge of our Texas strength program. It's trusting those individuals to take ownership in those roles. And whenever they need my expertise or my partner's expertise or someone else's expertise, it's trusting that they're going to be, they're going to do that. Is that the question? I forgot yeah, what the question no, was. Yeah, that's good. That was great. <laughs> Solid. So do you have any um, specific, I know you're, you're pretty much like wake up, you're blowing and going, right? Like your mind's a mile, mile a minute, but are you, um, do you have any routines that you follow every day? Do you, you try to read or you journal or any quiet time or anything like that? Yeah, I'll actually, when I first wake up, the first thing I do is grab my phone and I just read a bunch of different articles. Um, what, uh, what are your go-to sources? Man, I'm a big fan of getting onto CNN and WS, Wall Street Journal. Um, ESPN is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of, that's kind of a way that it allows me to kind of check in in a little bit. And I catch up on all the, the financial investments I have on, on like Yahoo Finance and I catch up on world affairs that way. And that's kind of the first thing I do in the morning. And then it's okay. I get into the real estate office and I start, you know, start getting it going. And the goal for me is personally, the less I'm in the office, the more productive I'm going to be. And probably similar to you guys, the less you're in your office and the more you're out meeting people, you're going to be more successful. Um, and that's a strength that I have. I'm a, I do better when I'm interacting and building relationships, whether that's at real estate or that's at CrossFit or that's at Texas strength or at the yoga studio. It's building the relationships with people. Um, and then having a, a, a good support staff that can complement that. But daily routine, it's, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you pretty much have to take care of your stuff. <laughs> you, you don't have that, the hope of looking at the clock and saying, man, at five o'clock, I, I get to go and I don't care how much work I've left. Um, so the routine is pretty dynamic and it, I think it just changes almost on a daily basis. So the routine is not having a routine. It's the fun part of it, right? You know? The work never ends, but it's all all work that's usually fun. It's uh, it's a labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> it's a labor of love, man. Do you have any favorite books? You know, I'll joke around a little bit on this one. My favorite book of all time is "Where the Red Fern Grows." Oh yeah, gotta look that up, if you guys. Seen the movie? Yeah. If you guys haven't, yeah, seen the movie. Break your heart. Yeah, break your heart. Cry some tears, but. Um, I also appreciate Matilda. I remember reading that book oh, when I was yeah. younger. Uh, but uh, honestly, the only kind of books I read now are are um, uh, How to Become a Better Manager or um, Seven Habits of Success, Highly Successful People. Um, I don't typically read for imagination purposes. I, yeah. I read for productive purposes. 
I, I taught myself everything there is to know about the stock market by reading magazines and reading books before the internet was out. Um, so, um, I, I read for a purpose, not necessarily read for entertainment. I actually don't even really watch TV. If I, if I watch TV, it's necessarily, I mean, I'm, I'm binge watching, you know, a, a series of something, but other than that, you know, I'd rather yeah, I, be out. I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I know like my wife feels like sometimes I can be a workaholic cause my, I just, mm-hmm. I'll sit on the, I'll sit on the couch at night and just do work or read an article or research stuff, you know, and. I don't know. It's just uh, if if I'm if I'm reading something, I want to be getting something out of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's an investment of your time, and I'm not I'm with you there. I'm not big on the uh, you know the Harry Potter's of the world. And I stuff. don't. Yeah, I don't get it. I'll, I'll watch the movies and stuff, but I don't get it. But my girlfriend, she wonders like she she almost feels bad for me because my brain literally is always thinking. She's like, I don't. I couldn't imagine what's in your head because you constantly are thinking things. So like, we'll go to a museum. And instead of me thinking, instead of me like appreciating the statue in front of me, I'm like looking behind <laughs> it on how it's being held up. Yeah. I'm like, this is so cool. It's being held up by this brackets and the brackets aren't really showing. And that might be just the engineering side of my brain functioning. But um, I wish I was more creative. Uh, I wish I had the vision that a lot of people had have um, with creativity, with creativity of graphic or or artistic creativity. It's it's something I'm not. It's not a forte of mine, unfortunately, but I understand it. Well, here's something I like to ask our our guests, and we've got a, a range of answers on it. But what is one thing that you know you do differently than most people? I think that. It's a very good question. <laughs> it's a time to brag, yeah, Shaheen. <laughs> Man, honestly, I think it's just doing. I don't know if it's the right answer or if it sounds stupid or corny, but no. the reality is that I go with my gut and I'll ask, Jake, what do you think about this? Knowing, I already know what my answer is going to be. Yeah. Um, sometimes I just want that affirmation, but... Um, I just do. I don't really necessarily have a mindset of I'm going to fail. And if I fail, this is what's going to happen. It's going to ruin my life. So I don't have that fear of failure. Um, I think that's the biggest differentiator of me. It's I will do something and I'll figure out a way to make it happen. And I get extremely uh, focused on things. Mm-hmm. I think that's honestly the biggest difference between me and maybe somebody else is someone else has a really great idea. I've got a pretty good idea. It's who's going to implement it. I mean, I always think worst case scenario, it's me and my dog and we've got ramen noodles and we're eating macaroni and cheese. And I mean, that's the reality. Like I, yeah. I have a, I have a super high tolerance for risk. If, if you looked at my stock portfolio, you would probably throw up. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's extremely, extremely, extremely risky. That being said, I've got, I balance things out, right? So I've got things that I've got, I've got different avenues in play that, that allows me to have that confidence barrier, have that confidence uh, uh, cushion. Mm -hmm. Is it the knowing that I've got the support of my family behind me in case the world collapses, collapses, I could live with them or I could, I could, I know that they're going to be behind me. I think that has a lot to do with it. And that's not necessarily financial support, but just 
emotional support and, and physical support? Um, or is it uh, uh, knowing that I've got friends out there that I can rely on? You know, so I, I think my the, the social equity that I've built, relationship equity that I've built kind of gives me the confidence that if I do something and I'm passionate about it, people will support me. And if I fail, then people will still support me. And the reality is if they aren't supportive of what I'm doing, then I don't really need them as friends. Yeah. You know, so. It's kind of that acceptance of the worst case scenario. It's like a lot of veterans and, and you know, uh, special forces guys we've spoken to. It's like if uh, we all accept that once we're born, we're dying, mm-hmm. you know, and if I can in my mind already think that well, I'm going to die anyway, um, why not just go do my job? It's kind of that same mindset in business. Yeah, I've never really thought about that way. And and uh, uh, that you, you might absolutely be correct. Those guys are, man, fearless and courageous <laughs> and a, probably a really good reason why they're extremely successful coming out of the military and, and getting into uh, the private sector. You know, their, their, their uh, demeanor and work ethic is probably second to none and they have no fear. Uh, now having some fear is probably pretty good, but, um, it creates balance. But I think that's the difference to answer your question. The difference is what separates me from some with, with everybody else or somebody else is I will do it mm-hmm. and deal with the rep- replications afterwards. Right. I've heard you mention a few times that you, you really rely on your intuition and that gut feeling. Is that kind of a rule you live by? Like, I'm not going to do something unless. I absolutely like feel at peace with it. Man, I'm actually struggling with that today. I've got a, I've got a pretty big acquisition. I'm trying to close down on the real estate side and, and something about it just doesn't feel right. And I'm trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. And, and to give you the long story short, yes. If it doesn't feel right, then what the hell are you doing with it? And, And I think that goes not just into owning a CrossFit gym or owning a real estate company or, or yoga studio, whatever the case may be, but also in, your private relationships with people. Um, I've, I'm 33 now and I've learned that if I've got an issue with something, I don't play around with it anymore. I just go directly to the issue and I say, I've got an issue with this. Let's resolve it. Or if it doesn't resolve, then no big deal. There's other opportunities out there. Um, so I've become a lot more straightforward and direct in regards to stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, if that fire is burning inside inside me and I'm getting uh, tingly and itchy and I'm thinking, man, I'm really excited about this. I'll hold it to myself. I won't tell anybody. And I'm like, I'm still really excited about this. I'm going to go do it. And I have a feeling it's probably very similar to you guys. You know, the same reason why you guys wake up in the morning and do what you do. You're, you, your gut feeling is telling you, man, we are doing something right. And it's going to come to a day where you might wake up and say, we're not doing something right. And that's, you know, and that's maybe when you change directions, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a real, I'm a real gut feeling kind of guy. Yeah. I'm there with you. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just kidding. Did you but, have any, any no, other I, questions? I, we can I, cut that part. I mean, yeah. No, I'd written down like a few like rules that I lived by like years ago. And that was like top of the list. Like I'm, I don't do anything unless my intuition and I have a gut feeling about it that, that I'm okay with, you know, if there's anything off, then I'm, I'm steering clear. Yeah. It's like, what's the point, you know, 
there's yeah. too many things out there and there's too many good things out there. And if you don't, it's almost like if it, if it doesn't fit my moral code, I'm out. Yeah. I don't care about how much money I'm making. Like it's not about mm-hmm. the money. Who cares? Right. It's about, about doing what you feel is right. And if it's not right, then cut the, cut the cord and cut the losses and move on. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, obviously, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a, a gut feeling kind of guy for sure. Yeah. Josh and I talk all the time. It's like, if we, if either of us feel off about either a gym or somebody that we met, like no matter how big their PO might be or what, whoever they can put us into contact with, whatever it might be, if we just feel off about it, then, or if either one of us does, then we're like, okay, yeah. no, it's a pretty quick decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know where that comes from, really, at the end of the day, but. Well, I think, I think natural, naturally, some people have intuition and you see it in animals, right? I mean, Millie, my pup, she sometimes doesn't like people. Yeah. And uh, there's probably a pretty good reason for it. So I think, uh, I don't think anyone's gone with their gut intuition and, and has come back and said, man, that was the worst decision ever made. Yeah. You know, maybe it was. I was wrong, but I think nine times out of 10, you're going to feel at the very least, you're going to feel at peace with the decision you made. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we can end with that. Just go with your gut. Yeah. Do it. Go with it's your gut. Great. Buy some moxie. Get jacked. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Come to Texas strength. Yeah. yeah. Get a Come t-shirt. Out. Buy lots of t-shirts. Show support. <laughs> go open a weightlifting facility. That's my last word. Go yeah. open a weightlifting <laughs> facility. Shaheen, where can more people find a, uh, I just did it. Look, I, he did this last week on a show. We we had, had an interview. Shaheen, where can people find out more about you? There it is. Nailed it. Uh, email me. <laughs> That's the best way to find out more about me. Um, I, I always welcome people to reach out to me on Facebook or email me Shaheen at CrossFit Edo, Shaheen at Texas Strength, info at Texas Strength. Info at CrossFit Edo. I mean, we we relied on the community when we had questions about stuff. We still rely on the community when we've got questions about stuff. So I always tell box owners or or anyone, we're an open book. You've got a question about something, you want to know how we do it, please don't hesitate. We're all in it together. So send me an email. There you go, folks. Can't pick the brain of a better mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And send me cookies. Send me lots of cookies also. <laughs> guys until next time thanks Shaheen thanks for having me guys thanks we hope you enjoyed this episode of the 2Fit podcast this episode is brought to you by 2Fit USA the sports nutrition company owned and operated by the 2Fit guys to show our appreciation for you tuning into the podcast we would like to give you a 10% off your entire order at 2FitUSA.com All of our products are sugar-free, paleo-friendly, gluten-free, non-GMO, and a whole list of other buzzwords. So hop on over to 2FitUSA.com. Don't forget to use your promo code FIT1, that's F-I-T-1, at checkout. We highly value and appreciate your feedback, so please leave a review about the products and the podcast at our website, 2FitUSA.com, under the podcast and products pages. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Now, if we happen to read your review during one of our podcasts, you'll receive a one-month free subscription of all 2Fit products. So write something noteworthy. If not, we probably won't read it anyway. 
So go leave a review, listen to the next episode, and until next time. <laughs> <laughs>